When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 19 The Thing I Saw A few hours later, I was curled up on my new couch with my duvet wrapped around me, watching The Bachelor. I know, I know. That show is total garbage, but I love it. Anyway, Apollo had left around half an hour before to go see the friends he had plans with tonight. I didn't mind. I liked Apollo, but I was also excited to be alone in my new apartment with no one around to judge me for watching The Bachelor and eating an entire pint of mint chip ice cream. Unfortunately, this particular season of The Bachelor was kind of hard to get into. It was still in the early episodes where there are so many girls that you really can't tell them apart, and I found the guy repulsive. For this reason, it was a little harder to buy into the idea that all of these gorgeous girls were fighting tooth and nail to marry him. Right now, a platinum blonde girl was talking shit about another, slightly more attractive, platinum blonde girl to The Bachelor in the hopes that he'd get rid of her. This was backfiring royally. A rustle at my door made me look up in sudden alarm. Someone had just pushed something through the mail flap. Wondering why the noise had creeped me out so much and who went around delivering mail at 10 o'clock at night, I got up and retrieved two pieces of folded up, slightly crumpled lined paper. Whoever had written on them had done so forcefully because their backs were embossed. With an unpleasant feeling, I began to read. How does it feel to be an irresponsible, inconsiderate slut? That was the opener. No, dear, or even to whom it may concern. My heart pounded as I read on. I knew you would be trouble the moment I saw you, but decided to give you a chance. A knot was forming in the pit of my stomach. Saw me? When had this person seen me? The only people I'd met so far were Danny, my landlord, and Maggie, the woman who had come over to fix my curtains. I skimmed to the end of the letter, which was signed, Your at wit's end next door neighbor. So, apparently, Maggie's warning about a crazy neighbor had been legit, after all. I felt jumpy. I had never seen my neighbor, but 
Apparently, she'd seen me. Had she watched Apollo and I through her peephole? I leaned against the wall and read on. I tried to look past your incessant banging of your cupboards in the mornings, but after last night, I have no choice but to say something. You and your drunken hooligan friends kept me up all night, and the things you were discussing were vulgar, to say the least. I had to take a pause here. I had lived in this place for a total of one morning, this one, and I was pretty sure I hadn't opened any cupboards. There hadn't been anything to take out of them. Then there were her comments about what my friends and I had been talking about. Had we been talking that loudly? Were the walls in this place really that thin? Or did this woman have some other way of figuring out what I was saying and doing? I began examining the wall of my apartment that I shared with her. I knew I was being paranoid, but still, I had this itching sensation like a spider was crawling down my back. Did my neighbor have a peephole in my wall? After several minutes of inspecting, I didn't find anything. She must just be watching me when I was in the hallway through her keyhole and hearing me because the walls were thin. This notion wasn't exactly comforting, but it was better than the idea that she was watching everything I did inside my own home. I returned to the letter. I do not understand why Danny allowed such a harlot to move into this building and have already sent him a letter informing him of your conduct. You would do well to learn the meaning of consideration. There is no need to bang your cupboards open early in the morning. However, if you insist on banging them open, you should purchase some felts from the hardware store that will quell the noise. If you insist on partying, please do so at one of your friends' Houses, this is a quiet, family-friendly building. And while we're on the subject of family-friendly, please stop bringing strange men into your apartment. Signed, your at-wits-end-next-door neighbor. I stood in the middle of my apartment for a long time, trying to digest what I had just read. I supposed that the girls and I may have been a little loud last night, but even if we had been, this note was crossing a serious line. I had barely been in the apartment for 24 hours. And in spite of the fact that I had found no signs of a peephole in my wall, I couldn't shake the feeling that she was going out of her way to spy on me. It was also disconcerting that she knew this much about what I'd been up to, especially since I had so far 
neither seen nor heard her. I sat back down in front of The Bachelor, suddenly wishing that Apollo was still here. I didn't want to sleep by myself tonight. I thought about calling my parents because I needed to chat with them anyway, but decided against it. I didn't want them to worry about my insane neighbor. Instead, I called Gemma. Dude, she breathed after I had read the letter to her in a whisper from my bedroom, which was on the other side of my apartment, just in case my neighbor was listening. I'm really freaked out. Am I overreacting? I asked her, half hoping that she would tell me that I was. No, not at all. That letter is like dripping with the creeps. She knows everything you've been doing since you got there. And it seems like she waited till Apollo left to give it to you so that he wouldn't be there to help you out once you got it. I didn't even think of that, I groaned. You've got to tell your landlord. She's out of control. But we were loud last night. I don't want him to have a bad impression of me so soon. Ugh, I guess, she sighed. That lady who came to fix your curtains made it sound like the whole building was aware of your neighbor's issues, though. And this is different than a bit of noise. She's harassing you. True, I said. I guess I can try and call Danny in the morning. It's too late now. I think your neighbor waited until it was late to send that note when you were all alone just to freak you out, Gemma said. Well, if that was her plan, it's working, I said sadly. Also, did you notice that there's no chain on my door? I didn't, but you should definitely get one, Gemma said. Ask your landlord for that when you call him tomorrow. If... I survived the night, I joked, but neither of us laughed. Do you want me to come over? She asked. No, you've already rescued me so many times. And anyway, I'm gonna have to start sleeping here alone at some point. It is my place for the next year. And it's a great place, she said encouragingly. Don't let some bitter lady ruin it for you. Thanks, Jem, I said. I'll let you get to bed. All right, good night, she said. And nothing bad is going to happen. Exactly, I said, hanging up. Still, I pushed my couch up against my front door as a barrier in case my neighbor tried to break in and murder me in the middle of the night. Cries of seagulls woke me up on Sunday morning. I sat up and looked out my window to see a bright, slightly misty sky. It was so peaceful that I almost forgot I had spent the night in a nightmarish fever, convinced that every shadow or clatter of wind was my neighbor coming to kill me. In the daylight, the fact that I had pushed my sofa in front of my door felt childish. I dragged it back to its original position in front of my balcony doors and began to make breakfast, spitefully banging my cupboards a little extra loudly on purpose 
as I did so. I made my way into my bathroom and turned on my shower. As I looked at my body in the mirror, I was surprised to see that I liked what I saw. I looked slim. I stepped into the wonderfully warm shower, reflecting on how much I'd run and how little I'd eaten recently. And yes, I know I'm supposed to love my body no matter what and be confident and healthy, blah, 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 but I don't and I'm not. I'm not saying I was fat before, but there was a reason Tyler's comments about my weight hurt me so much. And if the stress of our breakup served as a head start for me to get back to being happy with my body, I wasn't mad about it. Since I started work tomorrow, I had a lot to do today. I spent the morning unpacking the rest of my things and triple checking my lesson plans. Then I called Danny to let him know about the letter I had received from my neighbor the previous night and requested a chain from my door. He said that she wasn't violent, apart from the few times she had thrown tins of cat food at his head, but understood my uneasiness and would install one when he came by to collect the letter later. Feeling a little bit better about the situation, I FaceTimed my parents and brothers to inform them that my move-in had gone well and give them a virtual tour of my place. I was just ironing my outfit for tomorrow, black slacks and a very conservative white blouse, when Stefan sent me a message on Snapchat. I wish I felt better yesterday. You're absolutely beautiful and seem like a really cool person, and I hope one day we do get to meet. For now, I guess we can continue to Snapchat each other and maybe Skype eventually. Also, when do you start working at your new school? I grinned and typed back, Thank you. You seem like a really cool person too. Sounds like a plan. It would be nice to Skype at some point. I mean, that's like the one form of social media we haven't connected on yet. For now, feel free to keep sending me snaps. And I start work tomorrow. Are you back at school then also? Haha, that's true, he responded. Want a snap now? And yeah, I'll be back in class tomorrow. Sure, I typed. He responded with a shirtless picture of himself on a yoga mat with the caption, post-training stretch. Nice, I typed back. My mom's a yoga instructor. Feel free to send me a snap back, he wrote with a tongue out face. And that's really cool. Which studio does she work for? I hesitated, then took a selfie. It wasn't nearly cute enough because my hair was up and I had no makeup on. I wasn't the type of girl who would take her hair down and put on mascara just to send a Snapchat to some guy from Tinder. Just kidding. Yes, I was. I hurried into the bathroom, threw on some concealer and mascara, and tousled my hair. Then I searched my apartment for the most flattering lighting, which turned out to be exactly in between my stove and the kitchen counter, and took another picture. This one was way better. Quickly checking how much time had passed so that it wasn't too obvious that I had just dolled myself up for this photo, I pressed send and then told him that my mom had been teaching in Singapore and now worked for a studio in Calgary. He responded, There's something about you that I just want to look at all the time. 
I could get a hundred pictures of you and still want another. Tongue out face. And that's cool about your mom. I was for sure being messed with. There was no way a guy who looked like Stefan did would also sincerely say that kind of stuff, right? Or maybe he would, just to sleep with me. But how would he do that all the way from Toronto? I frowned at my phone, trying to think of a logical explanation for Stefan's behavior. I came up with nothing other than I had to be being catfished. Stefan probably looked nothing like his picture at all, or he had stolen these photos from some other dude's Instagram account and I was flirting with an internet troll. But if that was the case, how was he faking his Snapchat pictures? Maybe he had hard copies of his pictures ready to go and was taking them on his phone before sending them to me? Still, even if he was a troll, it seemed like an awful lot of effort just to talk to me. Who was it who said the simplest explanation is usually the best one? Maybe Stefan really was real. But even if that was true, and I wasn't being manipulated for some new reality dating show or something, Apollo had just helped me move into my apartment yesterday. He was finally doing what I had wanted him to do way back when we had dated before, committing. The weird thing was that I wasn't sure if I wanted him to yet. I was having way too much fun being single. So far, I'd met Stefan, and even if he was fake or a troll or insane, he was fun to talk to. Then there were all the other guys on Tinder that I'd been chatting with. A few of them wanted to go on dates next weekend. I was enjoying the attention and the options. I knew that most of these guys were probably saying the same flattering things to me as they were to every other girl they matched with on the app, but it was still nice to feel desired and beautiful for a change. I wasn't ready to date one person and have all that fade into subtle jibes and put downs again. Still, Apollo was a nice guy and he didn't deserve to have me fantasizing about a guy who, in all likelihood, didn't exist. But, I reasoned, it wasn't as though Apollo had asked me to be his girlfriend or anything, so I wasn't technically doing anything wrong. Sure, he had spent the whole day moving my stuff into my apartment with me, but Apollo always helped me move. Maybe he enjoyed doing stuff like that. I smiled at the irony of my current situation as I looked out of my balcony window and across the Burrard Street Bridge. In college, all I had wanted was for a guy to ask me to be his girlfriend, and no one ever had. No one that I wanted, anyway. Instead, I had dated guys and assumed we were exclusive, only to find out, usually painfully, that we weren't. But now that I was back in the dating world, I found myself empathizing with all my exes who had wanted to play the field. There were so many options out there, and judging from what had happened with Tyler, boyfriends really weren't all they were cracked up to be. So why wouldn't I do what Lana had said and have a roster full of guys? Why wouldn't I go on dates and get to know a bunch of people? I was 22. It wasn't like I wanted to settle down or have kids or, like, get a mortgage anytime soon. 
And I was at a huge advantage because I would be dating guys. And guys love casual things. It wasn't like I could hurt any of their feelings by not wanting to put labels on things. It truly was going to be a win-win situation. Or so I thought. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Stefan asked. I'm just finishing up getting my things ready for tomorrow. Then I'm going to go for a run along the seawall. You? I'm playing Catan with some of my roommates. Then I've got to get up early for swim practice tomorrow. I love that game, I responded. He sent me a snap of their board. Guess which color I am. Red was clearly losing, so I guessed that, just to mess with him. I'm offended, he wrote back. I'm obviously blue. Blue was winning. Really? I wrote back. He sent back an angry face. I was about to make another sarcastic comment when my phone rang. I picked it up automatically without looking at the name on the caller ID. Hello, I said. Hi. I pulled my phone away from my face to check the caller ID. It was Tyler. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Inwardly cursing myself for picking up, I said, hey, what's up? There was a very long pause. Then Tyler said, in the same hopeless voice, Nothing much. You? I did not want to make small talk with him, especially not in this state. Why'd you call me? I... He sighed deeply into the phone. I waited, feeling more and more irritated as my phone vibrated with snap messages from Stefan. Why was I talking to Tyler right now? What's up? I prompted, trying to keep the impatience in my voice to a minimum. I just, I don't know. I feel weird. What does that mean? I just keep thinking back to like a few months ago. Everything was great. I was graduating with a degree from UBC. I had you. We were hanging out with a great group of people. Everything was going my way and now... He trailed off. I didn't say anything. 
Do you think we made a mistake by breaking up? No. Wow, that was fast. I would have thought you'd at least think about it first. Sorry, I said. Why was I always apologizing to him? There was another unbearably long silence. Then he asked, How have you been doing? Why? Why had I so recklessly answered my phone? Was I not a millennial? Did I not know that phone calls were basically extinct and it was abnormal, if not downright irresponsible, to pick up without looking at the caller ID first? Trying to keep my answer as neutral as I could, I said, I'm doing well. Are you still living at Gemma's? No, I got an apartment. In Van? I thought you were going to go to Calgary or Thailand. So did I, but change of plans. I hoped my shortness would deter him from prying any further, but Tyler was never very good at picking up on subtlety. How are you paying for an apartment? He demanded. I got a job. A teaching job? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I always knew you'd go back into teaching. It's just for a little while so I can get some experience. I'm gonna try and teach part-time in a year or two so I can focus more on my writing. Sure. I bet you'll grow out of that soon. When do you start school? Monday, I said. That's so great. Let me know how it goes. For sure, I lied. There was no way I was going to start, like, texting Tyler updates on my life. How have you been? I asked. Not because I really cared to know, but because I needed to change the subject from writing and teaching before I started shouting at him. I've been... okay, he said, melancholy dripping through his words again. I got a job. Oh, congrats. Doing what? I'm a sales associate at Urban Barn, he said. What's Urban Barn? I asked. It's a furniture shop. I basically go around helping customers in the store. Oh, that's great, I said. Yeah, it's really good, he said, unconvincingly. I get to talk to people all day. I'm thinking I might go back to school, though. There's a program that I'm interested in. Cool, I said. I knew the polite thing to do was to ask which program this was, but I was still too irritated with him to do that. There was another long pause. Look, I should get going, I said. I start work tomorrow, so... I didn't actually have much else to do, but the sun was peeking through some clouds, and I was itching to get out for a run along the seawall before it got dark. Oh, don't go, he said. I want to talk to you. About what? I asked. I just don't understand how things could have been so good before and now be so... I didn't know what to tell him. The exact opposite was true for me. Maybe you're just still adjusting to life after university, I said. Maybe, he said. But every time I think of the good times, you were there for all of them. I think I made a mistake breaking up with you. You didn't break up with me. I snapped before I could stop myself. Yes, I did, Brooklyn. But anyway, 
It doesn't matter. I don't think it was the right decision. I was so much happier when I was with you. Thick vines of annoyance, disgust, pity, and anger twisted inside my stomach. Say something, he said. What do you want me to say, Ty? I know. It's crazy. He laughed. The noise irked me. And I don't have it all sorted out. I just know that I'm so much happier when I'm with you. I sank down onto my couch, furiously ripping apart a paper napkin that I had left there from my sushi yesterday. We were so good together, Tyler continued. I know it got a little rough there for a little bit, but I think overall, we both made each other better and happier. No, I interjected. What? No, we didn't make each other better and happier. Well, not all the time, but not for the last year, Ty. Oh, come on. It wasn't so bad. We were both just stressed about graduating and we took it out on each other. No, you took it out on me. What are you talking about? Tyler, I need you to know that what I'm about to say, I'm not saying to hurt you or out of spite, okay? Okay. I took a deep breath, choosing my words carefully. You may think that you were happier and better when you were with me, but I don't feel the same way. I felt miserable, insecure, and like my dreams of becoming a writer were worthless and selfish. Well, if you felt like that, it's not my fault. No, you're right. That's on me. But it didn't help that you made passive-aggressive comments about my needing to lose weight and told me that going to Thailand to pursue my dream of writing a book would be selfish. It didn't help that you made me choose between you and writing. It didn't help that I had to pretend that I wasn't getting teaching job offers so that you wouldn't blow up at me about it. And I know I had my flaws too. I know I shouldn't have been texting Apollo, but I never went out of my way to belittle you and make you feel like crap, Ty, even when I was feeling like complete shit myself. I stopped, breathless, bracing myself for him to start shouting at me but he didn't. You're right. I'm sorry. What? I asked in disbelief. You're right. I shouldn't have done those things to you, but I was just stressed and it's not going to be like that anymore. We can take things slow, but I promise I won't do anything like that again. Why don't we go on a date this week and we can just see where things go? I can't. Why? Because I'm seeing someone else. Why did I say that? Why was, I don't want to see you, not enough of an answer? Oh, he said darkly. It's Apollo, isn't it? No, I lied wildly. Who is it then? You don't know him, but look, Ty, great chat, but I've really got to go. My brother's actually calling me on the other line, so... Okay, he said. It was nice to hear your voice. You too, I said, and hung up.
Shaking with the kind of agitation that usually follows far too many cups of coffee, I pulled on my running gear and made my way down the elevator. When I got outside and put on my music, my phone buzzed with a text from Tyler. Hey, I totally understand if you're in a relationship now. I just miss you and want to see you. Could we meet up for a coffee maybe next week? Like a robot that had been programmed to never offend or upset, I responded, Sure, it was nice talking to you too. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I couldn't just tell him the truth. I don't know why I was still so worried about his feelings. Immediately after I sent the text, Tyler replied saying, Looking forward to it. Let's do Sunday with a kissy face. I felt sick. I cranked up the volume on my music and crossed to the street. The moment I hit the seawall, I started sprinting. There were less people walking along the water than I had expected for a Sunday. A winter wind was starting to howl across the mountains in the north. They were still lush and green though, without a hint of the snow that would soon blanket their peaks. My ears started to ache with cold. I should have worn a hat. I thought about going back to get one, but my legs wouldn't turn around. Soon, I was passing the Cactus Club on English Bay Beach. There were a few more people here, meandering along the path or lining up to eat at the restaurant. I kept running, my lungs welcoming the damp air. I was running parallel to a heavily forested portion of Stanley Park now. A dark green wall of trees and moss was on my right, the ocean on my left. I kept running toward a point, which turned to reveal that the seawall continued to wind further out towards the Lionsgate Bridge. Fuchsia patches of pink were shining through the coal-colored clouds now. The water was a clear crystal with glimmering blue, brown, green, and gray pebbles underneath it. The pink patches in the sky grew and the clouds shifted so that it was a patchwork of electric pink, orange, and graphite. I considered running the whole way around Stanley Park and cutting back through downtown to get home, but the bright orange and pink patches in the sky were starting to sink lower on the horizon and I knew I had barely half an hour before dark. I was so far along the seawall now that there was barely anyone else around, so I reluctantly turned back toward my apartment. The anxiety that Tyler's phone call had created was ebbing away now, and I realized how fast I was running. I slowed to a lighter jog and looked out at the electric sunset. A few people, mostly couples, were sitting on the beach, watching the last rays of blood red and pink fall behind the horizon. I took a big gulp of air, feeling at peace. Yes, I was stressed about starting work tomorrow, but overall, things were going well for me. I had a job and this great apartment with the Stanley Park seawall in my backyard. I had incredible friends, and even though I hadn't become a writer yet, I was on my way to financial independence and 
That was something that I needed to do first. A couple was walking about a hundred meters in front of me, holding hands. I smiled fondly at them. It was such a romantic scene. They had their backs to me, but I could tell that the girl was slender, with rich gold hair that danced in the dying sunlight. The guy had a strong build, and as I began to close the distance between us, I thought, wow, that guy's really tall. Apollo's really tall. Wait, is that? As if he had heard what I was thinking, the guy looked over his shoulder, saw me, quickly looked forward again, and dropped the girl's hand. It was Apollo. And I was barely 20 meters behind him and the girl now, with no way forward except to run right past them. So I ran as fast as I could through the minuscule gap between Apollo and the edge of the seawall, almost falling in as I did so. I could feel Apollo staring at me as I passed him, but I glared determinedly in the opposite direction. And then I kept running, my heart punching me painfully in my chest. I didn't know what was going on or what to do other than keep running. So that was what I did. I ran past Cactus Club and through Sunset Beach Park. I almost got run over by a motorbike as I crossed Beach Street and entered my apartment building. As my luck would have it, the elevator was full of people when I went up it, all of them looking curiously at my flushed face and red eyes. When it finally clunked to a halt on my floor, I hurtled down the hall and turned on my shower. For a long time, I stood under the water, allowing the warmth to unfreeze my shaking limbs. Apollo and I weren't exclusive. He was totally within his rights to go on dates with other people, but still, I didn't want to see it. And if he really had to go on a romantic sunset date, why couldn't he have chosen a part of the seawall that wasn't a few hundred meters from the apartment he had helped me move into yesterday? I pushed an angry tear off my face, thinking about the way they'd been holding hands. It wasn't the way two people would act on a first date, or a second, or even a third. Did Apollo have a girlfriend? They looked so cute and in love. But if that was the case, what the fuck was he doing with me? I closed my eyes and turned off the water. I couldn't think about Apollo anymore. When I got out of the shower, I saw a message from Stefan saying, Have a great day tomorrow, Brooklyn. I know you're nervous, but don't be. Those kids are going to love you. I half-smiled, typed a response, and then saw that Gemma, Lana, and Bree had sent texts to our group chat, also wishing me luck for tomorrow. I thought about responding with an anecdote of Tyler's phone call, or what had just happened on the seawall with Apollo, but something held me back. It wasn't that I didn't want to tell my friends what was going on. I told them everything, and the next time we met up, I would definitely fill them in. But 
Tonight wasn't about Tyler or Apollo or even Stefan. It was about me. And regardless of the mess that my love life was in right now, I felt like I was finally on the road to actually getting my life together. So I just thanked them and went to bed early because I had to go to work tomorrow. This world with broken toes From my missteps and told your souls I learned my way breaking every bone Now I see all these aches and make you grow And every fall has a rise Every burn has a flame From foolish to wise We all bruise the same Thanks for listening to Season 1 of Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, don't worry. Season 2 is in the works. Make sure you subscribe to this feed so that you can be the first to know when it comes out. Before I go, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show. I had no idea when I started this that it would do so well, and that's because of all of you. So again, thank you, thank you so much. If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars, and write a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at New Grad Podcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.